Hi, I'm Dawn Kendall. And I'm Alex Howarth. And this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Hi, welcome back to episode 10 of the Yoga Life Podcast. Um, this week we're moving on to the last of the Niyamas, and that's Ishvara Prandiyana. Did I say that right that time? Pranidana. Ishvara Pranidana. Ishvara Pranidana. Yeah, it's because I kept writing it down wrong and then saying it wrong for a very long time. It's fair enough. Check your spellings, Dawn. Um, last week we covered Svadhyaya, our self study, didn't we? Yep. I feel right like you can kick today off. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I've just been on a course for two days, so I've clearly completed my self-study for the week. Was it? <laughs> uh, um, it was great. So yeah, I did an advanced dry needling course for, you know, for my sports massage business um, and it was brilliant. So yeah, awesome. I mean, that's obviously studying for me rather than studying me. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was really great to learn and delve in and as much as you can learn on your own going on a course I find is so beneficial and the tutor there is amazing and just learns so so much so. oh it makes me want to book one um so what have you been up to have you practiced Svadhyaya in the last few days a week I guess so mm-hmm. I mean um everyone's gonna be boring Alex sing a different tune but I journal every single day as you know and I guess with that, I just kind of discover or have discovered there's very, very much different phases in my ethos towards work mm. each and every week. Or is it week? I don't know. It, it's definitely changes over the course of a month. And I can almost now plot my motivation levels towards the gym and towards work according to where I am in my cycle that's what I was then gonna say is it is it related to the cycle yeah yeah big time um and just and my cycle's a bit out of whack this month don't know why and uh yeah it's just a bit like interesting because I thought I don't know I thought there was something else going on I guess the beginning of this week was a bit stressful but I thought there was something else going on, but actually, no, I'm just all out of whack. And so, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just from, I think, from actually writing it down and then being able to look back over the weeks and months, I can then quite clearly see there's a pattern, which I think going forward makes it easier. So I'm not beating myself up on weeks where actually, you know what, your motivation always drops right now. Give yourself a break, take an easier week, and then you know full well your motivation will be back up on point next week and you'll be up for anything yeah so yeah I guess um that would be my one yeah there's Uh, so much there's more and more um study and evidence and information about this out there isn't there um I'm glad it's all coming to light a lot more for mm. women and then they can learn how to manage their emotions and feelings throughout a month and know what to expect yeah I still think going um, off contraception of any way and just using natural cycles was the best thing I ever did because I'm now more in tune with my body than mm-hmm. ever before don't even use natural cycles anymore um, because I can just tell I just know yeah uh, which I never did before as one of those girls that if I didn't take the pill I wouldn't have known when my period was due 
yeah. when I did stop taking the pill, it was I, it was a surprise every month. Like I had <laughs> no fucking clue. It was like, no, I guess it's been about a month. Yeah. And then I wouldn't know if I was late or not or whatever. It was just absolute nightmare, really thinking about it. And now I fucking I can know when I ovulate mm-hmm. like, to the T. Um, yeah. And it's getting to a point where I can even tell which side I'm ovulating from. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's just so wonderful to be so in tune with my own body to the point where I'm like I know what to expect I know what's going on when um yeah I can just it's just wonderful really good good yeah it's a, it's a real good self-study of so they're studying of the self literally studying my own yeah. self um yeah no I think uh yeah that if if more if I knew more about all this stuff when I was in school yeah I just I don't know. I think everyone could just come out of it with such a different approach. Yeah, I do think some of it comes with age as well, though, doesn't it? Um, I mean, it would be great to learn more from a young age. Um, but we... Don't more prioritize tuned, it. Uh, Yeah, and we are also get more in tune with our body as we get older, I suppose. Um, yeah. I also, when you're early 20s, late teens, the contraceptive uh, is probably helpful <laughs> yeah <I laughs> if we are so. less in tune with our body let's not go be making I'm, oh I'm not yeah. saying that everyone should yeah. come off con- no. no 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 um although I am loving how much all these um all the COVID vaccination blood clot yeah uh stuff is really throwing light on the danger of the contraceptive pill like yeah. I love it I've never quite understood why it's perfectly acceptable for women to make themselves um infertile Mm. and then but men just it's never even expected I know I wish it was never thought of yeah or it was thought of but it was dismissed because it wouldn't be it guys wouldn't do it no there would be some (laughs) of course there would be some but generally guys wouldn't do it no no but we will and it's crazy yeah it's um an interesting topic (laughs) yeah yeah um so this week we're moving on to Ishvara Pranidhana. You got the eye in the right place. Yeah, I have got the eye in the right place. <laughs> so uh, my my research says this is surrender to the divine. Yes, I think that's definitely one of the simplest explanations for it. Yeah, do you want to elaborate? Surrender to the divine. Um, so Ishvara means uh, God. Lord, Almighty, Universe, a greater being, force, existence, something bigger than ourselves. It could also be known as the self, which we talked about last week in great detail. So if you've not listened to that one, I mean, I could definitely kind of go over it again. But uh, the, the self is who we truly are. And the idea is that uh, so uh, you could also call it your soul. Mm-hmm. To, yeah that yeah so the the self you, who you truly truly are and the idea is that that self is then connected to every other self so um we're all connected um yeah. and are one where uh, so that's uh ishvaya and then pranidana means uh so it could be fixed it could be um surrender it could mean you know just give up to uh so yes that's it's essentially 
um let me think of a way to describe so it's essentially accepting or believing or having faith in the fact that there is something bigger than we are whatever you want to however you want to look at it this is where people kind of go a bit like god stuff really and it's yeah you could say that but i think we all get to a certain point in our lives that's a lie a lot of people get to a certain point in their lives where you get you just suddenly think you know what this isn't just us it's not no I don't maybe I don't believe in God maybe I'm not a Catholic or a uh anything else Christian why can't I think of any then (laughs) you know um and yeah you may not believe in that side of it at all there's not some guy in the sky um that we have to or multiple gods you know you know I love Greek mythology Mm -hmm. fascinates me and even um all the uh, Indian philosophies as well, uh, mythology even as well, that, that stuff absolutely cracks me up, if I'm honest, it's hilarious. Uh, and, you know, so it, there could be gods, there could be multiple gods, but that's not what we're saying. You do not be- need to believe that to have this side of yoga in your life. It is just accepting the fact that there is something bigger than we are. And I think you kind of watched this shift in me a couple years ago, maybe sort of realizing that, you know what? <laughs> I don't know how much we talked about it actually at the time, but it, uh, I came at it from a really odd perspective. I was learning about stuff for business coaching for my own business. And um, I, I essentially came into this really through the whole manifestation route. And from there, my whole interest in the topic and where it can go and what it's all about has blossomed from there rather than actually coming at it from a yoga route. Mm-hmm. I felt there was so much more for me in the uh, yamas that I've been working so much on those that I don't think I really have spent, I didn't spend much time on this niyama until I accidentally stumbled across it. And then I've actually done a lot more work on it than, uh, than I perhaps realized. Yeah, when I went to read about this niyama, I was very much like, well, I'm halfway there sort of thing. Like, it's hard to describe, but I I believe there is something bigger than us. I'm not religious, as in I don't believe there's a God, but it's it's hard to ignore these days that there's nothing, nothing bigger than us. And it mm-hmm. is, it's that letting go of the ego that we are the most important thing in the world and think about the fact that we are actually really very small in this giant universe and we are one of zillions of humans on the planet amongst all the other living beings and you know we have to let go of the ego if you think about say environmental factors and stuff because we have to all work to create this wonderful world and look Mm -hmm. after this wonderful world in the universe and I think that's where that's one side of where I think of it from that there is something bigger than us. Well, there is. Yeah. Because like there's a whole planet, isn't there? We're all, we're we're all integrated and we're all, we all give and we all take. Yes, absolutely. And I just, that's a wonderful way of thinking about it. Even if you just consider the universe, the planet, even earth as one thing that is bigger than you, that you are part of connected to in every single way. We're born on the planet. We eat from the planet. We die on the planet. We move back into it. You know, it's just (laughs) 
Simba. I know. <laughs> yes. The circle of life. I know. And I think that's a lovely way to think of it. If you uh, immediately look at this topic and think, I don't believe in God. Well, you don't have to believe in God to realise that we're on a planet. Like That's sort of fact and can't argue with that. Yeah, we are all part of something bigger. Yeah. Um, than our own selves now when dawn's talking about the ego she's not talking about oh he's got a huge ego mm-hmm. thinks so much of himself blah 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 blah. Strutting down the street he's she who's he i don't know <laughs> <laughs> what uh she dawn is talking about um the i concept in our own brain again that we talked about this last week but if you haven't listened to last week's so uh it's uh, that little chitter chatter box in your own head, the inner monologue that goes on always. Um, you'll notice that if you ever listen to it, I don't recommend it, uh, is very I based. It's everything about you, me, 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 I, 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 everything to do with what you will look like, how you will come across, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and that is the ego part of your mind. Whereas, so it's stepping away from that and realizing, huh, not becoming so self centered. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's taking your, everything you do, your actions, instead of being, I think the easiest way to describe this Niyama is um, you're taking your actions away from, or even your thoughts actually, away from the I, the ego, and from you, from being self-centered to being centered on uh, the fact that it's to serve something bigger than you to serve the planet to serve love compassion those around you um to serve the universe the a god whoever it might be um and it's realizing that it's not all about you yes it's also like about surrendering our egos um and in our modern western world we often think of surrendering as a, as a weakness so we would imagine say a battle and one army surrendering and that's like being weak and being defeated but in yoga it's it's opposite and our victory is attained if we actually willingly surrender our limited idea of who we are so like our ego or our labels which we obviously already touched on the labels that we give ourselves surrendering those and creating that space we need to um to be our true selves and Mm -hmm. let those things bigger than us um sort of in and help us lead the way like or lead us along the way um so it's like it takes a lot of self-discipline and trust to practice this but ultimately if we let go of clinging on to our ego and surrender to our higher self we've got potential to let so much more in absolutely yeah 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 makes sense nice (laughs) it does yeah (laughs) should we talk about surrender so that can often be the word like the pranidhana can often be described as surrender as well so obviously yep. I've talked about surrender there. Is there, how else would you interpret, interpretate, inter, interpret, yes, <laughs> surrender? Um, I mean, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head. I think it is, it's difficult to do because I don't think we realise how much um, of our actions are ego-based. So if the idea is that you have... Um, 
surrendered to oh okay your dharma so dharma we are going to do an entire episode on in series two but your dharma is your calling the reason you're here uh and so let's say you've surrendered to your what you feel is your dharma um so uh i could argue that i have done i feel like i have done i feel like i absolutely am meant to do the 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 work that i i do right now i don't know where that's going to lead because I don't know if I'm on a journey towards what I'm actually supposed to be doing or whether um, I'm at where I'm at. Uh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So that in itself right there is a surrendering. I've not, ex- I've not gone, right, my dharma is to be a yoga teacher, to do a podcast and to be a business coach. Um, that's that's not it. it. I've surrendered to the idea that right now I am what I'm do- doing what I'm supposed to be doing. However, my dharma might actually be further down the line later in my journey. I am not attached to what I am doing right now. And uh, in five, six, seven years time when I'm like, I don't want to be a yoga teacher anymore. I don't know why that would happen. Um, <laughs> you know, if that was to happen, those thoughts to come in. Well, OK, maybe maybe my my journey there is done. What is next? What what have I learned along the way that's going to take me? to my next step and it's surrendering to the fact that there might be perhaps somewhere else something else that I need to be doing and I'm not like no my fixed ego my attachment to my labels of yoga teacher business coach and podcast host uh no that means I can't divert from those anymore this is what I do that is to me what you've just said about like where you are and all of that exactly sums up Ishvara Pranidhana yeah, like you have surrendered exactly surrendered to the divine something bigger than you by being completely open that if other things come your way or things get taken away like literally just summed it all up you know i know right yeah you're very very near the enlightenment <laughs> i am enlightened this is what i was gonna finish with guys right. i'm enlightened <laughs> Yeah, the way you've described that that's that's literally hits the nail on the head doesn't it that's that's where we want to be and we all get this fixed idea of i want to do this by this age and have this but actually if we just surrender and let go of those labels not off the goals it's like you know like we've we've touched on before it's nice to have goals and things that you're working towards but let go the of the fact that if you hit that goal your life is complete yeah absolutely I think people who really really like to control situations struggle with this one a lot yes because if you essentially control I think I can't remember which episode we talked about this in but we talked about how control just causes suffering and we talked about the serenity prayer didn't we um it's by looking to control everything all of the time you're essentially trying to make everything around you about you So you're trying to control that because work, because it makes you look good or it means you can make more money or it means that you can progress further in your career or uh, it, it, it brings you security, whatever it might be. You control everything in your job for whatever reason for you. You control everything in your family life because it makes you feel more secure or more that that your family will, um, 
maybe need you I don't know you know well without all my boundaries and control within my family group my family might not need me anymore and you know oh my goodness what what would life be like without that you know you attach yourself to these things and you control everything in your friendship group and down to the stupid things about when you train where you park etc etc what shower you use at the gym um I used to love it uh having worked in the fitness industry for so many years when I used to work at um, a big corporate gym huge car park I'd drive in for the early shift so the shift the the gym opened at six and we had to get there at half five and I'd drive in at half five and there would be people waiting in the car park ready for 6 a.m when the gym gym opened and they would be parked in the same spot every single morning (laughs) and it transpired that one of the guys I was talking to about this he was like oh yeah no I started coming earlier and earlier because um, people would always park in my spot Oh my God. So he got there to the gym 30 minutes before it even opened to ensure he got his own parking space, which wasn't his parking space, it was a public car park. Like, that's loads of other spaces. Like, I cannot tell you how big this car park was. Yeah. It was right near the door. He wanted it because it was near the door. But like, do you think you go to the gym to work out as well? I know, right? Park the other end. This, I think that might have been what I said to him. You know, if you park the other end, you're actually getting more calories in. But anyway, oh no, it would just that kind of level of control and it ekes into your life without you even realizing. And essentially, it causes suffering. It does. That guy is missing out on half an hour of sleep every single And he was a five day a week, Monday to Friday, he was at the gym. I don't know about weekends, can't remember. But Monday to Friday, he was at the gym. Um, and it's just it's two and a half hours every week. She's missing out sleep. Just, yeah. Just waiting in a car park. Yeah. yeah. Like that's a te- and I bet he could well have been one of those kind of people who says, Oh, I don't have the time for X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, sorry, I've gone very much down the tangent. <laughs> but it just always makes me laugh. And I can't it was the morning crew lot at gain as well at CrossFit, the CrossFit gym that I used to work from and Dawn goes to. Um the the morning crew there are absolutely so regimented and I remember talking to one of my yogis about sort of oh well you know morning crew people always have their routines they use the same locker same shower same parking space and she just looked at me and was like how did you know (laughs) and apparently she then did a load of work on trying to kind of break those habits and she didn't realize even implemented it in um but anyway people who like to control really struggle with this niyama um purely because the idea of letting go makes them feel unsafe, uncomfortable, because they've got so used to this control. However, when things change, which they invariably do, um, they, they then really struggle when things, the, the, the shift and the change in something. So anyone who had high levels of control, you can almost guaranteed really struggled coming into lockdown. Yeah. Whereas changed, yeah everything everything changed and not just a little bit like huge life shifts um and the people who love to control would have struggled much much more than people who have embraced this let it go um what will be will be the there is a bigger i don't want to lean on fate because i'm not really sure i believe in fate but it's almost like there is there is a I don't want to say there is a plan. Oh man, I can't think how to phrase it. There's a path, perhaps. There's there's something bigger going on that isn't just about you and your weekly routines or daily routines or hourly routines. There is something bigger going on. 
you know, it was a global pandemic. It wasn't a uh, just Norwich pandemic or just a tiny few people just pandemic. England. Like, yeah. Just England pandemic. It was global change. And it's like, you can't make that all about you. I think that's that's another great example of there is something bigger than us in like like the whole world like yeah it's all interlinked and Mm -hmm. every little action that we do has an impact and yeah this pandemic has really gone to show that like one person with the virus can travel innocently to another country going about their business thinking oh it's okay like I don't think I've got it I'll I'll just I'll just go and it'll be fine and they go to all these meetings with all these people and pass it around and you know it it does go isn't that what happened in New Zealand they pretty much got rid of it and or was it Australia and then freaking couple Brits went in with it (laughs) I think it was one one or there was a couple countries maybe it was just the one yeah they feel like they were like down to zero like yeah we're good we're done and then someone took it back in yeah um, I always remember that um, matchstick meme. You know, it was all the matches yes. lined up. Yes. And it was just take, and the, the flame would go along, obviously. But as soon as you remove that one matchstick, it stops it. Yeah. And it just, yeah, if, if you consider that, it's just, you can't argue that everyone is interlinked. We see people every day. We act in some ways to other people every single day. It's the power of the smile, isn't it? Mm. You smile at one person, it's very, very difficult not to smile back. Yeah. And that then might mean that they smile to someone else, which might mean and then they may continue to smile to more people who then smile to more people and so on and so on and so forth. And it's just sharing that tiny, tiny thing can have such a huge impact on so many people's days. How can we not be connected in some way? Talking of that, just slightly off tangent, but it did make me think when I left my hotel yesterday, I mean, I only stayed in a travel lodge, nice and cheap. Most of them, when you check out, you literally just hand your card over and walk out. They're just like, thanks, bye, blah, blah, blah. I had to get my parking to get stamped to get get that done. But the woman behind the desk, and it just, it just took me by surprise. She was just the most jolly, pleasant person. And I'm like, everyone that left that hotel yesterday when she was on shift probably just went away smiling because she was Aww. just so bubbly and lovely and like oh, I hope you enjoyed your, your stay and have a good journey but like she was just genuine with it as well it was really Not lovely fake. No, and you just you don't expect it of a budget hotel you know because not that I don't know how many of the staff there are genuinely like excited to do their job necessarily but she clearly just was loving her day and wishing all the guests farewell that's really nice and it's always nice when it comes up when you don't expect it yes yeah and that's I think that's why it got me because I'd stayed in a travel lodge a few weeks before and checkout was literally like here's my room card bye that's that that's it barely even look up yeah yeah Yeah. and then this yeah this woman was just so pleasant um yeah I do this um the control thing as well I think well a, I think we should know that obviously some people, this is obviously an, an issue and we wouldn't advise like just letting go, like if you need to seek help for this sort of situation. But it's the whole um, noticing that if you let go of those habits, what actually can come up in the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Absolutely. I think that is something we, yeah, we did talk about briefly before, but I think it's just that gradual learning that if we, yeah, let go of parking in the same place every day. What if we park somewhere else and it's better? 
you know meet someone new yeah exactly yeah we might have avoided our car being hit by a big old lorry yeah yeah. You know, there's all of the opportunities that could come from or all the things to be avoided from not sticking with um, uh, routine and controlled environments. So isn't it uh, like a hitman's favorite thing if a person's got a really regimented routine because they're, they're really easy to kill? Mm, I guess so. Yeah. And as oh, Rob, <laughs> like people know when you're out, when you're in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna come break into your house you know guys these things are all very important to consider um but yeah <laughs> but also the dogs at the same time yeah being flexible does just like i suppose it does save that anxiety of if you suddenly can't do that routine for some reason yeah you're not worried about it no no, no. I, I think this is something i noticed like i mean i'm not particularly regimented as most people that know me know but <laughs> there are things that i have noticed that i have done so we talk about the gym one of them used to be like like there were specific barbells i would use and specific ones i wouldn't use and i would just be like i can't i just couldn't do it with the, with the one that i didn't use i could do it but it wouldn't be as good and but actually you know I think I think over time I've let these things go. I suppose I just don't sweat the small stuff quite so much anymore. And no, but I feel like it's really easy when you're lifting and lifting heavy weights. It's really easy to become quite. Um, oh, what's the word? You get ritualistic. Yes. Isn't, that's not oh, the right word. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, no, I need to be on that platform with oh, these shoes on yeah. and that um, that barbell with you know and you know, I need these mu- the, that music on those leggings are clearly lucky you yeah. know and you start to get really into it and the routine of it and right if I walk up and I do two little foot stomps and then I do mm-hmm. a big breath then I go down and then I grip the bar and then I do another breath so on and so on and so forth only then will I get a pb or be able to make that lift or whatever it might yeah. be and actually those routines can set you up to actually get into really poor lifting habits mm-hmm. or you're just doing something slightly wrong with that setup or whatever it happens to be with your foot placement, whatever it happens to be. And whereas actually, if you let go of that and try something different, like the coach has told you a thousand times over, <laughs> I need you to stop doing that routine because it's actually messing up your setup. Yeah. Or, my PB when I do that routine. <laughs> or you go to a competition and suddenly like, Oh, the texture of the floor is a bit different or mm-hmm. the, the barbell's different. Yeah. And then you're like, that completely throws you and you just won't do as well. Because in your head, you're like, I'm not in my gym on my platform, Mm -hmm. my stuff, doing Mm -hmm. exactly as I want with the exact view that I need. Yeah. And you're just thrown. Yeah. You've got to be open to that thing. I I used to say all the time I couldn't PB if my plates didn't match. (laughs) The the weight plates had to be the exact ones because there's like, you know, there's a whole variety. They all weighed the same, but they had to match. Otherwise I I wouldn't PB that's brilliant that's very it's just silly I don't know why we've gone yeah. down the gym route but it's I just bet. you do get really into it there and I yeah. think you do get this attachment and control stuff um we do in yoga too though don't we do you notice uh, that in class like when we used to be in a room very much so I think I told you the story about one of my yogis uh the day she walked in and someone was in her spot <laughs> she was halfway across the room before she saw and she did not know what to do with herself. She actually stopped in her tracks. She just stared at the person and looked completely like, what the fuck? <laughs> to me and I am pissing myself. Like, what you can do about it? 
yeah. uh, but it's so funny and and yeah. people do that I don't know I don't know what it is about places in the yoga class I mean I guess people do prefer I know that a friend of ours now likes to be at the front mm-hmm. because she doesn't like she just wants to be her and the teacher she likes to not have the distraction of other people right yeah um which that I get uh I would I think I would rather be at the front but then I've also gone into yoga classes knowing that the yoga teacher knows I'm a teacher mm-hmm. so I've gone to the back so I'm not like feeling like I don't want to add any pressure to that teacher yeah, yeah. so I've also gone to the back foot to uh, just yeah I know yeah there's arguments for each way isn't there sometimes mm. I get that being at the front and it's just feels like you and the teacher and, and it stops you comparing uh, and judging yourself or others you know yeah. about what's going on around you but then sometimes I think when I was newer to yoga I liked being at the back because I would also yeah I'd see the teacher doing it but I would also see what other people were doing and how they were doing yes. it as a, as a help you know I feel I was, like that's more common yeah Albie's coming to see us <laughs> hey buddy did hear his little feet <laughs> yeah um yeah, I, and I find that people want to be at the back is, is more common than people who want to be at the front. And I would generally find the split was um, my men were always at the back for loving <laughs> reasons. They openly admit it, I'm allowed yeah. to say. Um, and then I had the people who were more confident at the front and then people who were less confident at the back as well. Yeah. That generally was kind of the layout. Not always, but sometimes um and you you definitely see that more yeah but it's uh yeah I feel like we're talking almost there's a huge lap or crossover here with attachment and yes yes and Ishvara Pranidana um huge really because it is all about letting go of that attachment to the things that we feel make us who we are Mm -hmm. because it's always our labels and our um own we project out what we think people want. We what we want people to think of us, and it's just letting go of that as well, yeah. and just being who you actually are. Yeah. Uh, and so, therefore, you have to let go. Like you said earlier, you have to let go of the labels that we create for ourselves. And a really great thing to do is actually to write down all of the labels that you have, because you're never just a woman or a man. You are. You're a woman or a man in society. And that still has a bearing today. Um, you are your job, whatever that might be. If you don't work, you are, do you label yourself as unemployed or do you label yourself as a housewife or husband? Do you label yourself as a student? Do you, you know, there's so many there. Then you've got all your family. So you could be a sister or a brother, a mother, a father, a grandfather, or whatever you might be. Um, to some people, you're a sister. To some people, you're a cousin. You know, there's so many labels to some people you're a best friend best friends <laughs> some people you're a nemesis mm-hmm. um and so we have all these labels and it's figuring out which ones we have and which ones we are most attached to and i always think this is an incredibly powerful exercise to do how would you feel if you no longer had the label of massage therapist how would you feel if you no longer had the um, label as wife and figuring out where you're at with it and then opening yourself up to the idea of it doesn't matter what will be will be I am here for a bigger thing yeah yeah I 
when you talk about the labels though, like I'm not so bothered now because I've chosen to do what I do and I love it and all of these things um but I do I, I actually is is a trigger for me when you have to fill in a form or introduce yourself with your name and what you do all right what like that tells you who I am mm. you know so years ago it'd be oh I'm a finance assistant well so oh you're boring yeah yeah and it's like, <laughs> how does the finance assistant job tell you who I actually am it doesn't it mm. didn't you know it doesn't in any way define me and you know that's no, why I think depends, I guess it depends what the form is for doesn't it yes. if it needs to pigeonhole you for your income or whatever it happens to yeah. be are you working or are you not working I, I feel that, like yeah yeah but it's, on your, like it's on your marriage on certificate so you have to put your job your occupation on your marriage certificate um, now in years to come when you look back like I know this from doing I went on like ancestry last year and you know during lockdown just why not and you could see what everyone did you know and obviously in the census as well you see what people did and it's like so in in 100 years someone would look back and look at my wedding certificate and go oh she was an accountant and think maybe think a certain thing but actually you know not long after that I changed and it's so, so something so different and it's that label you know that kind of label bothers me in that's what's recorded in history but why do you care what people 100 years from now think about you well, if you're going to leave, if you're going to leave a legacy, you're leaving a legacy that isn't in no. accounting and therefore it doesn't matter. Whereas if you left any kind of legacy, it's probably going to be to do with your own business this is true. Uh, or yeah. your own creation, whatever it might be. So therefore it doesn't fucking matter. What well, no, it doesn't. I, I just think like, I know from looking Does back the inaccuracy what someone, you? yeah, the inaccuracy and well, not inaccuracy. It's just like, I just don't think that that is a good way to describe someone but then what else can you put if you're putting in yeah when you put a name and occupation I just don't see why do you need an occupation on your your marriage certificate no I don't really understand why the information is needed like weird and I get it years ago we all did people did a job for life it's almost what they were born into wasn't it yes you know you'd be a farmer's son or then you'd be a farmer and you would be Mm. a farmer for your entire life and Mm. it may evolve you know and the next one might be something a little bit different to do with farming for example but yeah I guess centuries ago that was that was more of a an indicator of what you were like or maybe I mean I guess going forward the it will all be taken completely digitally anyway and you'd be able to update it or it would update automatically knowing full well what you did according to what tax you're paying yeah you know (laughs) it's just going to become so irrelevant big brother has all our information doesn't he well so does your phone yes like <laughs> what did we talk about last week that's now come up my phone a hundred times I think I messaged you about it I oh I don't remember that. but um Dawn and I talked about something on this podcast and since then it's come up on my phone countless oh, really? times now what's I put my phone on airplane mode when we do this so I know full well it's Alexa yeah and your computer and probably my laptop you're right yeah, and so it's just, you're kidding yourself if you think we're not watched or listened to the whole yeah. time. So don't worry, babe. Really, just don't let that one trigger you. Let that one go. Yeah, um, You're going to leave an amazing legacy some other way. Yes, hopefully. Yeah. Um, going back to On the Mat and this um, surrendering to the divine and things, um, 
another, you know, you've talked about surrender in yoga class. Mm-hmm. Um, so should we delve into that a little bit? Like, wh- what do you mean when you sort of say to us about, you know, surrender to a pose or? Yeah. So uh, I loved this focus. We did it for an entire month, I think, um, at the end of last year. And there are, okay, let's go for a, a pose that if you've done yoga, you know what it is, uh, downward dog downward dog uh you could change that pose endlessly i feel but if we just go for a normal standard downward dog uh if you go into it unless it's a real struggle for you mega struggle you could go at it two ways you could work into it you can switch everything on you could engage all across your back you can um, press through your heels you can pull your tailbone to the ceiling you can switch on everything you can tuck your chin to so you're taking a gaze to your belly button you can pull your tummy button back to your spine you can make sure your hips are tilted forward everything is on you could actually work slap stretch almost every single muscle throughout your body whereas you could especially if you're comfortable with downward dog also completely switch off there is no pressing into the floor. Your arms are kind of just there and supporting you. You completely switch off through your back. You collapse into your heels. So your legs, yes, they're stretched, but they're not working. Um, And it completely changes the pose. Completely. Uh, You could even do it in child's pose. Um, You can go from uh, switching it on, working and pressing and pushing the yang side of yoga to completely relaxing and surrendering the yin side of yoga. So this is what we did. And essentially I would take people, my yogis into a pose and only with some, because I, I'm an alignment based teacher as in a lot of my yoga, I teach alignment and I teach it for a reason, um, safety being one of the main ones. So for instance, if we were going into a hefty back bend or a wheel pose, for instance, I would not in a million years be telling my yogis just surrender and relax into this one, guys. I would perhaps, I'll come back to that. But whereas if we were going into, let's say a downward dog, I'd encourage them to do it twice. So on the first round, I'd ask them to work, press, push, etc., in whatever ways I'd want them to do it. And then in the next round, I'd ask them to surrender to encourage them to notice the difference. And then I'd also ask them to notice their norms. And so there was a lot of yogis came back with, I'm definitely a pusher, a presser and I work, I work, I work, I work. I'm yang, 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 yang. That is what I heard from my yogis. I have Mm -hmm. yang yogis, which is good because that's why I built my business around. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But then I had the odd one who's just like, oh, I love just to surrender into it, to relax and to, you know, just see where my body takes me. And so it, I then encourage them to change and uh, explore the other option. And it just opened them up to almost a completely different practice. So I'd love you to just go into the session and relax into each pose, knowing that I had choreographed a session that was safe for that. Relax into the pose in whatever way you can, whether it just be in the legs or just be in the upper body, whatever it might be. Um, I want you to go into this and I want you to press and I want you to push and I want you to work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it did, it really allowed my yogis to discover an entire another side of their practice, but it also taught them about themselves and how much they are looking to control their practice. Now, what I was going to say about wheel pose is I would argue, I wouldn't ask you to switch anything off in wheel pose. I need everything switched on working brain engaged, but what you can surrender to on a yoga mat 
or in a wheel pose or in a challenging pose is to where your body can take you that day to where your mind can take you that day and what will be will be you might be someone who's all right at wheel pose and you surrender to the idea that what will come will come you know okay so you press up into it and actually it doesn't feel good and so rather than pushing and pressing and trying to make it work and tweaking it and potentially injuring yourself you're like mm, not good for me today I'm going to come down and I'm going to just do a hip bridge or something else instead or you could surrender into it what will be will be I'm not attached to any outcome on this you press up into it and it feels fucking marvelous and you sit there and you're like I just feel like I have absolutely hit the nail on the head with this today I feel switched on engaged my body is working in synchronicity like just yes and you've gone into it with no prior expectation no expectation of it feeling like it's going to be horrible no expectation of getting the best wheel pose you've never ever ever got um and so on and so forth and it feels good and it's letting go of those labels that we give each pose it's going to be hard actually you know what just surrender to whatever your body can do today and it might feel wonderful yeah this is something we've definitely covered in the yammers as well and it's just i suppose it's a culmination of them all in yeah letting go of the ego and just just being and going with the flow seeing how you seeing how it goes yeah i do think that we've talked about comparing on the mat so much and it is this is where the ego steps in massively it is all about that um well I have to do it because so-and-so next to me is doing it which is another thing I love about being online yeah you don't have that comparison anymore you could perhaps hear me say Dawn what a great wheel pose whereas you've not gone into wheel pose so you feel a bit like oh Dawn has and I'm I'm normally as good as Dawn you could have (laughs) that comparison but it's less in your face you're not staring at a whole room full of people going into wheel pose when you're not quite feeling up to it today um so yeah I just think that there is that it's much easier to just surrender to what will be when you're in your own home away from a room full of people however we can't just assume that everyone listens to this is doing online yoga or even practicing at all but um so when you are in a class it's just keeping your focus very on your own mat doesn't matter if you do glance to another yogi you need to approach that with love and what I mean by that is you look at it and see their yoga practice as a thing of beauty which it absolutely will no matter where they are but also reflect that love back to you you know what I'm really lucky to be in that room with that person to be able to share this energetic space to be able to put this positivity into the world to um, I'm very very lucky to have that person as perhaps an inspiration or even vice versa I don't know is that egotistical you know perhaps I'm inspiring that person you know come in you know come at it from love and compassion rather than comparison and aggression yeah yeah and I hate to bring it back to it but um it is the crossfit thing like on the wall isn't it leave your ego at the door absolutely and it's it's for the same reasons you know yeah 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 comparison is the killer of joy Yes, definitely. It really is. <laughs> I did read something lovely about on practicing yoga on the mat with regards to the Ishvara Pranidhana and the whole um, 
believing in bigger things and perhaps if you're religious or just in your your god or your beliefs and that's like for example in a forward fold we're bowing Mm. down Mm. and then as we come back up into like a sort of a slight back bend we're opening our hearts and just letting things in and letting out love and it was just when I read things like that like I you know I don't necessarily believe but I just love how I just love how they're described I think they're just quite beautiful yeah if you just think about sun salutation so sun salutation was um a way to salute the sun and it's supposed to be at facing the sun as it comes up in the morning that's when you're supposed to do a sun salutation and all it is is a sequence of poses you could argue almost starts with opening your heart to it bowing down to the sun etc etc and it's thanking and feeling gratitude that that sun has risen again today and you're welcoming it into the new day um and praising the the universe for what it is and for what it does and the magic that can bring into our lives, you know, right there. Whereas that's the whole point of a sun salutation. If you go into a sun salutation thinking that that's what it's for, you're not going to come away from it feeling bad. No. You know how, so there's this, uh, we did it as part of my, it was our physical graduation in, um, in Nepal. We had to do 108 sun salutations back to back. And uh, over the whole uh, 200 hours that I was studying there, we slowly built up to this. We worked on it um, week by week until, so by the time we finished the 200 hour course, we could graduate with 108 sun salutations in a row. Now I bought this home because on the anniversary of the day that I set up my business, we generally do some kind of event of, and it usually contains 108 sun salutations we did it as challenges at the beginning of lockdown um all sorts of stuff and we kind of use it as a little bit of a celebration thing now within alex howarth yoga and it always it means a lot to me it always makes me think of nepal it always brings back very fond memories and it brings it just raises my energy there's no doubt about it it makes me feel good and so many of um my yogis are the same like uh, so when are we doing 108 sun salutations again? Alex, it's cloudy. Can we do 108 sun salutations, please? <laughs> we need to bring the sun back. Yeah. And everyone was convinced that the good weather at the beginning of lockdown last year was due to the fact that we were doing so many sun salutations. And it is just, it's this wonderful high energy thing. And if you can take that to your yoga practice and think that I am doing my yoga practice for something bigger than me, you're never going to feel bad. Mm. We should definitely go and do it by the river again. Oh, God, it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of bank holidays coming up. Any excuse? Yeah. <laughs> Any excuse? Exactly. Um, yeah. Do you have anything else to cover on surrendering to the divine? I feel like we need to talk about that whole letting things in when we let go. Yeah. We surrender. Just how much can actually come into our lives when we perhaps accept that we don't need to control and it's not all about us yeah 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 um can we pause I need a wee really bad so, do I, so, that's <laughs> fine. so Dawn and I had a conversation I feel like we touched on it a while back um once about she had this belief and it's understandable coming from an accountancy background obviously that uh if she had debt she didn't want to be she shouldn't be saving it made more sense just to pay off the debt totally 
get it but she also had a goal of having a certain amount of savings um and i believe this is why it came up because it was opening the uh, creating space for things to flow into your life and um and she didn't even have a bank account it's like well how do you expect a savings account sorry how do you expect to have savings without having a savings account you can't you have to kind of notice where your limiting beliefs are to then establish well what am I blocking from coming into my life it's accepting that the things that we the beliefs that we have about ourselves, what are they what are they blocking from coming in Um, I'm trying to think of an example of where this has happened to me but I've put out there so many times that um, I know that I'm going to need some money and for like a chunk of money or whatever it might be. And I've kind of not necessarily um, put loads of work in on like writing it down and et cetera, et cetera. But I'm thinking about it and I'm suddenly looking for, right. Okay. Well, what possible ways could I create to make this chunk of money? And sometimes I've not even had to do anything it has landed in my lap for some other reason, but the money that I knew I would kind of, I knew I needed or would need, and it's always so close to the amount that I've actually kind of right. Okay, let's say I need I need three hundred pounds to pay for um, a piece of software or a course I want to do or something. I need three hundred pounds, and then someone out of the blue will come up up and be like, "Hey, I've heard you do private sessions." I want to book 10, five, whatever it might be. And that amount of money has just suddenly come into my life. (laughs) And it's through, and oh, look, there's that, there's that money I needed. (laughs) Um, And it happened right at the beginning of when I first went self-employed and I went self-employed with fuck all in my bank account, like way too little money. (laughs) But I was like, I can do it. And I feel like almost the fear of God, (laughs) great time to use that phrase, uh, made me work and pushed me. It absolutely did. But um, it was, um, I was driving out of gain again. I was driving out of there and I was just sat at a traffic light and some girl just cruised into the back of me. Now, it wasn't a horrible accident. She wasn't hurt. I wasn't hurt. My car was fine. Hers was a little dented, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I got some, do you remember I got all that nerve pain in my back? Yeah. Um, and yeah, and it was horrible. Like it was horrible. There's no doubt about it, but due to the fact that I ended up in A&E because of it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I got that compensation money through and it's like, yeah, it wasn't a great experience to go through. I had a bit of pain, but that money came into my life right when I needed it. Yeah. It gave me that ability to do, take my business to another level that I was struggling to do. Um, because of money and it meant that I was much less worried about money and more able to to you know live feed the dog etc and I was able to put more energy into creating my business because I had suddenly this little buffer um and it just it's happened so many times it happened a week ago you know when my um my car failed at MIT I had almost the exact amount come into my bank account a couple (laughs) days prior and I was like what it was like it preempted it's like your car's gonna the universe car's gonna fail your mot so i'm just gonna slip this 500 quid in your bank account (laughs) 
you know, out of something that was completely unexpected. It was like, what? And it is purely, I think, and I think it happens more and more, the more I believe it, the more I'm like, it'll be fine. The money will come. And it's, I've also got this huge belief that I know that the, it, it always, I don't know, it just always, it always pays off. I know the amount of work that I need to do and what I need to do if I want to create something and start inviting more things into my business. If I want to invite more people into my business, I know what I need to do and so on and so forth. And it's, it's weird. It is weird, but it's letting go of limiting beliefs and thinking as soon as you start to think there is, there's no money out there, then money disappears. It's when, oh gosh, um, people who throughout lockdown have been, well, there's no jobs. I'm never going to be able to get a new job. We had, two friends of ours got new jobs, didn't they? Maybe three. Like there are people out there getting new jobs, creating new jobs. Or cre- yeah, creating their own. But yeah, there's so many stories from lockdown of people that have just created new things. Yeah. It's mega. Yeah. Like, oh, mega. yeah. Just, and I think sometimes it's not all about believing the money coming in. It's also then trusting that when it's not there, it kind of, it, maybe it's not there for a reason. Like, mm. it's, it's giving us a little bit of a boost, a little bit of a kick up the butt to do something. So I know, yeah. for, like for me, I maybe will be really busy for a while and then start to rest on my laurels. And then suddenly it's quiet and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, this is just a little reminder that I've got to keep doing what I'm doing. You know, got to keep, yeah. yeah. And you al- a it's kick. almost a reminder that, and when you really do open up to it and you're like, what I need will flow into my life. Yeah. It always does. And when you start to doubt that belief, that's when things start to close down. Yeah. So uh, what I was going to say was, so people who were always saying there's no jobs out there, they're not going to see jobs. They're not going to see or speak to people who have created jobs or got new jobs. They're going to close down to the idea and you look for what you believe. You mm-hmm. see what you want to believe. Um, there's a part of the brain. Oh gosh, I've forgotten what the term is called. It might come to me, but essentially we look for our own beliefs. We read books about things that we believe. We see and resonate with things on social media. Therefore, it reinforces our own beliefs. Um, And it's the same with conversations. And we just shut down conversations where someone might butt up against us. And we talked about that not very long ago, how if you were starting up a business or you had a new idea for your business and someone was like, well, that's a stupid idea. You're like, not talking to you because I want to do this business. Mm -hmm. It's exactly the same way in a... um, oh, I can't find a job anywhere. It's an absolute nightmare. Someone goes, oh, well, my mate's just got a job here. Whatever. It's not in what I want to do. Therefore, there are no jobs out there. You just shut down that conversation. Um, And so it's it's noticing where your limiting beliefs and where your what beliefs you're attached to and what they are holding you back from because as soon as you start to look for something it is everywhere so the yellow car game as soon as you start playing the yellow car game there are yellow cars everywhere um i used this example um i bought a mustard uh coat last <laughs> winter and they're everywhere they are everywhere. Having not really seen or paid any attention to mustard coats, they are everywhere. And I, I talked about this in a workshop or something not very long ago. And a couple of the yogis that were on the workshop came, emailed me and were like, I am seeing mustard coats everywhere. And it really, really made me laugh. However, it's the same thing for opportunities. So let's say you are looking for a new job. Um, are you actually open to the idea or uh, what are your beliefs? 
um, if you believe there are no jobs, the odds of you actually going onto a website to look for a job or to go to the, where do they advertise jobs these days? Is it just internet papers? I don't even know. Do you start talking to, yeah. yeah. Do you talk to people about needing a new job? Are you looking for opportunities? Are you in the right Facebook groups? Are you talking to the right people, et cetera, et cetera? And you create your opportunities. Whereas if you stick with the beliefs that there's nothing out there, you do nothing about it. Therefore your action confirms your own belief. Um, and I think that is essentially with anything. If you believe that there are no, <laughs> great example, there are no hot guys, there are no hot single guys out there. <laughs> yeah. Then you will almost shut down. It's, you will shut down the idea of them walking into your life because you don't believe that they are there. If you don't believe that they, you, I suppose you get a bit blinkered and you, you won't look. You won't look yeah. around. Yeah. Or yeah, even like, if you do, yeah, I'm putting so much effort into trying to find someone, but you're still, you still actually don't believe that that person's out there. So you're shutting it down somewhere or another. Yeah. Or maybe you're looking for something so specific, specific, um, that you, yeah, you're sort of blinkered to that, and then not maybe opened up to what else is there okay so this one like I like tall dark and handsome perhaps and you're searching for tall dark and handsome but there could be this guy that's not quite as tall he's a bit more blonde but he could be the most wonderful guy but because you've been so blinkered looking for what you perceive as the ideal is going to be your perfect mate Mm. you could just walk straight by actually this guy that could be amazing yes and there is always that I, I do a hundred percent get on board with the fact that you need to be attracted to someone. Oh yeah. But I do feel that the more you get to know someone, the more attractive they become. There are people in my life that I have dated that when I first met them, I wouldn't have even mm-hmm. thought about going any further. Whereas, you know, once you get to know them yeah, and usually once they make me laugh, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it is it, it changes it changes it's, there's a connection on a different level so you could be walking past the same person over and over again they could work in the office next door or something you just walk past them because they don't strike you as that instant I'm going to use your example of tall dark and handsome whereas actually if you struck up a conversation with this person that connection creates something even more and yeah it you are just blinkered to potential opportunities to the beliefs that you have Um, And so I just wanted to talk about that because it is, you are surrendering to the idea that there is just something bigger out there and what your beliefs are, what your ego says is true is probably blocking amazing things from coming into Mm -hmm. your life. And so I just really wanted to talk about that because I would say that this Niyama uh, has taught me that more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know how relevant it is. I was on my drive down to Swindon um, on Sunday night. And uh, I was, firstly, I felt like I was chasing the sunset and it was absolutely beautiful. The, 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 the sky was absolutely stunning. Um, if there were places on a motorway to pull over, I would have, take a photo. But then actually, I didn't need a photo because I was just enjoying it. But anyway, the whole way, I just had this, this just this feeling like everything's going to be okay. Not that everything's not well everything has not been okay has it there's been a global pandemic but yeah this this whole journey um doing all the yoga like I said last week where someone had actually noticed my changes and stuff and like really it's making me realize my mindset has changed and I just on this drive I was just driving thinking 
everything's pretty good you know and everything's going to be okay and what will be will be and it's just it sounds so cliche to say like what will be will be but I think it's just being open to that that what will be will be Mm -hmm. and yeah it probably didn't help it probably helped I had an amazing soundtrack on and I was just just enjoying life journey yes Yes. going to Swindon but hey Round all of the roundabouts in Milton Keynes. <laughs> oh God, I forgot about all those. Yeah. Did you go to IKEA then? No. Oh, it was, it was like nine o'clock, eight o'clock on a Sunday night. No. <laughs> Fine. Fine. I'll let you off. <laughs> Love an yeah. IKEA trip, even if it's just to sit in all the living rooms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just yeah. I think I yeah. I suppose the sunset, beautiful sunset beautiful pink skies helped with that feeling that everything's good in the world and or in my life I suppose and if it had been raining I might have felt differently but Uh, maybe but then you know what well I was actually then thinking it's getting on these this mindset or finding this mindset and knowing this mindset is within you Mm -hmm. when it is raining when life isn't great when it's not all peachy. It's remembering that it's a not going to be forever, and b something good's probably going to come of it. Whatever the shit is, it's either teaching you something or it's taking you, it's shifting you over to a different um, path. I cannot remember the book, but I read a book that shocker um, that essentially when you start to change, when you start to butt against what your ego wants and surrender to something higher than you, something bigger to the universe, whatever you want to call it to the self. Uh, the ego doesn't like it. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it, it you, you, a will try and fall back on old habits. Your ego will fight back, literally start screaming and stomping its fists. Um, and so you're likely to butt up against two or three road bumps so let's say you know that you want to make changes in your life in some kind of way there are usually two or three things that throw you off track and back to your normal old ways because it's your ego fighting back and being like nope that's not what we do that's not what we are we are this person and you're like actually my soul says otherwise um and so it's knowing and expecting step backs um and accepting the fact that that will happen when um, actually great example uh, when that girl drove into the back of me, I was expecting, you know, some kind of cost. And then obviously I was then off work for, I don't know what it was the best part of a week with that pain. It was an absolute pain in the back. <laughs> and, um, uh, and I was, I thought it was so early on being self-employed that I was, decided you know, this is one of the three this is one of the things that's gonna this is one of my step backs where actually it wasn't it was something else altogether but it was accepting the fact that it's not going to be smooth sailing you can't change as a person and expect it to be easy you can't let go of old behaviors and habits and beliefs and expect not to fall back on them especially in moments of weakness especially when we're tired um or stressed or whatever it might be it's accepting that that will happen letting it go and then right get back on it no this is what i want my actual soul self 
the universe, this is what I'm supposed to be doing in this instance. So therefore, I'm going back to it. I'm going to ignore the ego. I think, um, so you mentioned like the menstrual cycles at the start. So I know for me, two days a month, I go back to my old ways, literally um, just straight back there to sort of, I suppose, struggling. Like, I don't, you know, people listening, some of you may know, some of you don't know, like I've really struggled with depression and anxiety and stuff through a lot of my adult life. Um, and the last few years have really changed that. But now it's got to the point where all is good, except for like two days a month. And, and I go back and it's like those two days a month, my monkey mind takes over, my ego takes over. And all I can think of is stuff like, I don't have this and they have this and I haven't done that. And they've done that. And I'm just not good enough because of the X, Y, and Z. And it's all just going wrong. And I'm just clearly not good enough. And so, yeah, sometimes and like if something's gone wrong work-wise, I'm like, well, I might as well just quit and get a proper job again, not, not be self-employed because it's clearly not working. You know you have a proper job, right? Yes, I do have a let's, proper job. Let's never but, use that label again. But in you that monkey mind, job. that's exactly how I think. And um, most of the month I'm not. And it's now learning to just get, just to ride through those couple of days, you know, and sort of being like, okay, I know that I'm going to feel like this for a couple of days. It's really shit. It's, it can be, it is, it's really shit. And it can be a struggle, but it is a whole lot better if I have that belief that it's only a couple of days and actually I'll be okay again and all is good and yeah, carry on. Yeah. It's just, it's mad, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's mad. And then you can almost schedule that in your diary. You're like, right. Okay. Well, that's going to be about then. So on those days, I'm not going to book in much work or I'm going to go and do something lovely. You know, maybe yeah. that is the time of the month where you go and get yourself another massage from someone else because, yeah. you know, massage therapists are really good at not getting massages. <laughs> <laughs> that's the time you get a massage. You do all the self-care and the things that you will nourish and do you good. So you're less likely to be focused on the the, the negatives and yeah. more like you know what I'm just going to look after myself nourish myself and yeah there might be some negative background noise but I'm, at least I'm just doing some really good things with it you know I'm seeing some good friends um you know having some quality time with Neil even though he might drive you up the wall at this point I don't know <laughs> yeah uh, you it's, know it, it's change no, it. yeah and it's yeah it's knowing like right then that they are not the days to be trying to do something really challenging or something really potentially stressful something that's gonna we have don't to take all of my day. mindset yeah because I just wouldn't be with it yeah no. but then again recording podcasts always cheers me up <laughs> maybe we should do it I wonder if like it would come across in your the way you are like what you say and <laughs> I wonder if it come um, across I I actually think that we have and I can't think which one it is and when I've listened to it, I can tell, but I don't know if other people can tell because, you know, we all get very good at covering, covering our true feelings, don't we? But I can't yeah. remember which one it is. There, there has been one, at least one I know, that I wasn't necessarily myself. Um, whereas others say, like, today I'm tired, but it doesn't matter. Still doesn't feel, matter. yeah, positive and enthusiastic about everything That's we're doing. Good. Yes, that's good. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. It feels like yeah. I feel I feel enlightened. <laughs> we are Buddha. Um, 
but it's definitely a journey isn't it um oh god you know and we're not going to say that everyone is going to reach enlightenment I mean that just yeah that's, I don't know about you is that a goal know. is that a goal of yours no no just enjoying the journey is the goal isn't it yeah I don't I don't know I mean probably not a negative downside but if we can take anything from this I think we know that how much work and dedication it would actually require discipline it would actually tap us Mm -hmm. uh it would need to get there so I don't think it's ever really a goal it's just using this yoga and the steps that you would need to reach enlightenment to reduce suffering in everyday life make things better and I am definitely no psychologist or counsellor, but do you know what? If anyone is struggling, just read into all these yamas and niyamas. And I think even just reading them can help you feel good. It really all can. Researching them and and thinking on them. So like I've, I've said many times, like I'm not really a meditator, but of the traditional sense. But then again, I suppose I am because I do think about these things. I'll daydream about it instead of meditate. I guess that's meditating really, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah, certified daydream is manifestation, isn't it really? Yeah, so yeah. Just spend yeah, some time, time thinking about these things and and uh, Svadhyaya, studying yourself. But also, I, Dawn and I have both gone down the counsellor route. Well, yes. I just can't tell you how important it is every week I think I came away wanting to cry (laughs) I did cry um being exhausted but I would without shadow of a doubt tell those around me that every fucking one needs therapy (laughs) I had this conversation with someone the other day about it and also about the timing of it and how they'd perhaps when they were younger had the opportunity for it but just wouldn't have done it and I know I did like when I first left university I went to a counsellor once and mm. was like I don't want to sit here and talk about this it's just making me sad I don't want to feel sad let's not do that um but then you grow up and you know I suppose just learn uh, it obviously wasn't the right person for me which is mm. another you know another thing but also yeah being ready you've got to be ready for the yeah. journey I do but I also do want to impart that you're never going to be completely ready. Oh, no. Much like when you are going on that adventure of having children, you're never going to be completely ready. You're never going to be completely ready to uh, go into a relationship. You're never going to be completely ready to leave someone or start a new job or quit a job, whatever it might be. You're never completely ready. If you think that talking to someone will help you out, go and do it. Yeah. Full stop. Oh, if definitely. you are doing self-work, and you feel like you're banging your head up against a brick wall because you're just finding things that reaffirm your own beliefs, which is where I got to. Every book I read just affirmed what I felt like I already knew. And I was just stuck on my own recovery. And I'm like, okay, I've gone as far as I can take this on my own. Mm-hmm. It's now time to seek professional help. And I did. Yeah. And it yeah. worked a bloody treat. Yeah. Um, and so I do, I always, always say, I just think I'm just think everyone needs therapy. Maybe this is a belief of mine that is limiting some way, but I just think everyone needs therapy. And I wish that some people around me that I love, truly love, I wish they'd go to therapy because I just know how much potential they have. And it would be amazing to see what would happen if they just took that self, that step in the self-care journey. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Know. I agree. It's it's a shame. 
uh, not that everything should be free in life, but I suppose it's a shame that in this country, because we have the NHS for free, well, for our tax paying, but, and it's not provided on that, I think people then see it as a luxury when I suppose that's the shift in mindset of, of prioritizing what you spend your money on. And this last year has taught a lot of people differently, hasn't it? They've noticed what they haven't, haven't needed. What, you know, what have they saved money on? Like doing X, Y, and Z because they now can't do it. They've saved that. Actually, could that be worth investing on themselves? Yeah. I think a lot of people, a lot of people have struggled for money through lockdown, but a lot of people have got a surplus of income suddenly. Um, And it's like, well, actually maybe this opens the doors to, but I mean, even if you had a session a month, Mm -hmm. you're looking at what 50 quid ish, find a side hustle. Mm-hmm. do a shift at a pub you know do something find that 50 pounds because there is a there is always 50 pounds available and it's going to be one of the best 50 quid quids you've ever spent have we we've i think we've talked about surrendering to the divine i feel like we have as well yeah, yeah. um i've enjoyed that it's definitely something i'm more and more passionate about mm-hmm. yeah so have mm-hmm. a think if you do you believe in bigger things what bigger things give us some feedback if you would love it yeah how how you interpret you know the divine or things bigger than you yeah definitely yeah. Uh, i'd love also to know if it's triggered anyone yes obviously alex loves a trigger <laughs> <laughs> um and then our next episode will be our interview oh yeah so we're interviewing um a yogi of mine She's incredible. She is on quite the journey, is about all I'll say. Um, but she's an incredible woman. Um, and so Dawn and I will be talking to her next week. So there's no episode coming out on Sunday. Sorry, guys. I know. Go back and listen to another one. <laughs> uh, but then, so next Thursday will be our first interview. I'm looking forward to that. It should be good. Um but yeah, the, this is it, Dom. We've done it. We've done the Yamas and the Niamas. I, I can't believe we've done 10. It's gone. It's flown by. It actually has. Mm-hmm. It seemed like such a daunting journey yeah. when we started out at number one. Yeah. And now pff, we've got to decide how long we want to have off between series one and series two. <laughs> which we haven't even discussed it. And then we yeah. need to discuss the order of episodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm excited about series two already, which is, you know, enjoy the moment, Howarth. Come on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, we're really, really, really looking forward to uh, sharing these interviews with you over the next coming weeks. It should be really good. Yeah. So give us a like and a follow and a little bit of love. All of the things, please. So please go yeah. subscribe um, or follow on Instagram. Nope. What am I saying? Spotify or iTunes or wherever you happen to listen. The follows, the likes, the subscribes really, really, really make a difference um, to our visibility. So please, please, please help others find us, especially if you enjoy it. Um, follow us on at a Yo- Yoga Life podcast on Instagram. We've got the website Yoga Life podcast as well. If you want to get in touch, leave any comments, they're easy to get in touch from the website or on Instagram. We'll always reply. Um, I was chatting to a woman in America on the Instagram the other day. Did you see? Yes, I did. Um, awesome. So she's randomly voice noted 
voice note in her back as you do yeah. uh so yeah do get in touch it'd be lush to chat to you to hear what you think to talk about any questions you have you know we definitely definitely will address them and if they're good and if we think if they're good they're always going to be good if we think that enough people will be interested in that we'll do it anonymous, anonymously can't speak mm-hmm. uh but we can talk about that thing that you your question on the actual podcast when it comes up but it would be awesome to hear from you as always I think that's it isn't it Dawny we don't have any yeah. other yeah maybe my next series Dawn will have figured out how to say all this stuff at the end and not just like <laughs> start it in a leading way so that Alex fills it all in oh <laughs> uh, it's Dawn's job in the next in the next series um if you want if you're Norwich based, if you want to massage with Dawn, go and follow Dawn Kendall Sports Massage on Instagram um, or follow or go see her website. Is the new one up yet? No, not yet. It's exciting time. Getting there. I'm very excited by, by it. I've seen, I've seen, uh, yeah, what it's going to look like and I'm excited. Um, I can't wait. Um, yep. And also it'll be a good place to find out when Dawn starts teaching online yoga. So do yep. go follow. If you want to f- uh, practice yoga with me uh alex howarth yoga on instagram website also alexhowarthyoga.com um and then there's the app so you just need to download the glow fox app and then um search for alex howarth yoga i'm on there and then everything is right there on your phone that's on demand classes that's uh live classes with me you book it all everything right there the yoga retreat in september everything still a couple spaces i'm excited awesome but yeah that's everything guys thanks so much for yeah, listening for to listening. all our yammers and niyamas i've enjoyed we've it. had a blast we have and we'll see you next time bye, bye.